1: Coming up on Money Beats, look at the week ahead. Last week you heard from the Fed's rate-setting committee and they said that they're pretty happy with how the economy was was going. This week, we're going to hear from Fed officials themselves and we're going to find out what they think about the economy. Also, a couple of important reports coming out, consumer prices, retail sales, and it is still earnings season, we are going to hear from retailers and media companies.
2: This is
1: Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome, everybody, to Money Beat's look at the week ahead. Paul and Stephen here in the studio in New York City. Mr. Grosser, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. And we are joined by our colleague, Wall Street Journal reporter Josh Zumbrun. How are you, Josh?
0: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, We're always happy to have one of you guys uh, from D.C. You guys are so busy these days, it's crazy down there. Uh, So we're always appreciative that you guys can spend a few minutes with us.
0: Always happy to.
1: So, uh, look, look, last week was the jobs report, the health care bill, I mean, you know, the, the the market ended Friday at record levels. I was really a, a
2: and there and there was a Fed meeting in there. And there Ugh. was a Fed meeting, right? So, and a I mean, Janet Yellen speech. And
1: a Janet Yellen speech. So last week there was really a, a lot going on, but uh, this week, Josh, just as hot, right?
0: Just as hot. Just, just as, as hot. hot. No, it's a little bit slower after you know the big jobs report, the big Fed meeting, but. You know, early in the week, a lot of these Fed officials are going to get out there and start talking about the economy again. Mm-hmm. You know, they always go through a blackout period around their meetings. There was no press conference at this meeting. So it's actually been a couple of weeks since we've really heard what how their thinking has evolved. You know, so we don't know really exactly what they thought of the uh, really good job, you know, pretty good jobs report that hit. Right. Or how they're interpreting all these other developments. We're going to have that outcome of that big French election that everybody's been watching internationally. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're right, going to right. get a, we're going to get a lot of interesting stuff, I think, from the Fed officials that are going to be speaking this week. And you know, big. We're talking some of the big officials too, the Boston Fed president, the New York Fed president. I mean, really important characters on the committee are going to be talking a lot this week. So you know, it's not the data reports, but it could be some interesting speeches.
2: What is there any? What's the expectation from those speeches? Do you expect them to sort of be laying any kind of framework for future rate increases?
0: Yeah, I mean they're definitely they've definitely been talking about doing more rate increases this year. And so people are trying to really nail down the exact timeline. A lot of people are thinking the Fed's probably going to raise rates in June. Then again in September, and then maybe at the end of the year, they're going to start kind of getting rid of some of those huge crisis era quantitative easing policies. You know, they've they've been talking Mm -hmm. about um, allowing those policies to slowly start to unwind. Um, but you know the details of that plan are still a little unclear. The timing is still a little unclear. And w- once those things come into focus, I think it's gonna be really important, especially in the bond markets, the stock you know everybody really wants to see how these things are going to unwind and, 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 and what the timing is going to be.
1: Josh, when you say more, do you mean more as in the, the more that they've already told us to expect? or do you mean more than the more they've already told us to expect?
0: Well, you know, the jobs report was really was really pretty good. And we're going to get some inflation numbers uh, this this coming week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if those were strong, then potentially maybe you would see the Fed talk about more. I mean, wow. they're they're currently planning to raise rates three times this year. They already did it once. They're mm-hmm. talking about doing it twice more. But you know, if inflation got too much, if it really got going, and if the job market kept kind of humming, they might start talking about four. They definitely could. And then also just like. The timing and the exact strategy on all this stuff they're doing with their balance sheet, their bond portfolio—that's going to be really important for, for people in markets.
1: Yeah, you know, you referenced it. We, we might as well talk about it. Friday morning is the Friday is really the only day with some sort of you know meaty economic data. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but you know, you get the it's CPI, exciting. so exciting, oh, right. right? You get consumer prices and the retail sales numbers. Uh, you know, talk to us a little bit about those.
0: Well, they're both super important and kind of in different ways. I mean, for inflation, you know, a lot of the inflation numbers are coming in right around 2%, which is the Fed's kind of target goal for for inflation. So so any strong report right now kind of means that they're running a little hot from where they want to be. And any soft report right now kind of means they're running a little, you know, that they've got a little more, uh, that they'll have a little bit more of a comfort level and not feel the need to raise rates as quickly. So that's going to be really important on the retail sales side you know retail spending was actually fairly weak in the first quarter and it's kind of a conundrum because you know measures of consumer confidence had been through the roof since the election. And like what you would normally think is that if people, if consumers have this much confidence, they're going to be out shopping, they're going to be buying stuff. Uh, And we didn't, we didn't really see that in the first quarter. And so these retail sales numbers are going to be really important to see, you know, is this confidence, you know, finally starting to translate into, into strong spending and strong stuff for the economy. It's really a puzzle what's going on with the really strong, um, confidence numbers that just aren't really showing up in the real economy quite yet.
2: What do uh, what are economists expect for retail sales? They're
0: expecting a um, they're expecting a little bit of a uh, of a rebound. Um, you know, certainly, I think it was January and February both that they were uh, that the numbers were actually down. I mean, like the retail spending was actually shrinking, um, which is pretty unusual outside of recessions for for retail spending to. Uh, it mm-hmm. Shrink outright, so they're they're expecting it to be better than that. But you know, they didn't expect it to shrink those two months, and so yeah. I think there's still a level of concern. You know, why was it shrinking before? Are we confident that it's not shrinking now? Yeah. You know, the the average estimate is that it's going to be growth this this month, but um, I would say there's a lot of kind of uh, people that are watching that pretty closely to see what happens.
2: And 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 why. I mean this. Be I mean this. Whole, the retail sales have been, I think, a, the, one of the key data points in this sort of all this whole soft data versus hard data. And you were, you obviously were just talking a little bit about that. Is it? Does anyone have a good rationale for why sentiment can be so high, but it seems like you know consumers aren't spending?
0: I mean, it's really been one of the big puzzles that we've been that we've been writing about a lot this year. I, you know, I mean, obviously one thing happening in the consumer confidence numbers is that the effect is really partisan. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you find some yeah. of the surveys, so like the 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 um, Conference Board consumer confidence, which is which used to be the one people paid the most attention to, doesn't break things out by political party, but Gallup does break it out by political party. And what you see when you do that is that the consumer confidence is entirely coming from uh, Republicans. Uh, People who are Democrats are actually a little less confident than they were. And, you know, I I guess it's just one of those things where they're so excited to have uh, won politically that they're happy to get on the phone with these um, pollsters. But they don't really have, you know, I mean, everybody in the country pretty much, you know, has the same job that they did three months ago and you know maybe you've gotten a, a one or two percent kind of cost of living adjustment or you've gotten a small raise but you know the vast majority of people are in substantially the same economic situation that they were uh, four months ago right, right. five months ago so they just don't have the capacity to you know maybe they have the desire and maybe they're really optimistic but they people just don't have the income you know we've seen how soft wage gains have been people just don't have the income to go out there and really go nuts on, on retail yeah. spending I
2: also, I also liked Justin Lighthart so I've, I've referenced before his column, you know, he's heard on the street column as far as where he sort of took the political breakdown of consumer sentiment and the Republican Republicans tend to be older and wealthier, and the idea that their consumer spending actually doesn't change as much on sentiment as perhaps younger, more democratic, um, you know, uh, yeah, you know people, and, and you know, and essentially if the Democrats and younger who might be more influenced by sentiment might um you know if they're not spending that's why we haven't seen consumer hmm. spending move with sentiment yeah. i think i explained that Wow. Yeah, I mean it makes I some in, it makes intuitive
0: well, yeah. sense, right? We we know Trump voters are older, older, and we know on average they're older, and we know that a lot of older consumers kind of you know have a very f- fixed pattern. They might have a very fixed income. They're not they're not going to change that much based on how optimistic or pessimistic they're feeling about the economy. And and kind of young younger voters or people right in the middle of their careers, you know, they might have a little bit more ability to dial things down than those older voters do. Dial things up, and you kind of average those two forces together, and That could totally explain what we've been seeing.
2: So, do you see anything happening overseas that you know U.S. investors should be paying attention to?
0: Well, the everybody's been kind of worried about this French election, where there's the you know the um, kind of far right candidate who wants to get out of the European Marine Le Pen who wants to get out of the European Union, and so you know there's been worries about that. But it looks like she's pretty far behind. You know, certainly if there was another surprise (laughs) victory there. Um, people would be uh, people would that would that would be a big event for markets. I
2: think. Yeah, um, I mean, this, I mean, this podcast goes out on, on Monday morning, and we're obviously you know taping it. Right. But uh, Monday morning, if she wins, will be an exciting day because I think the markets. Oh boy! Yeah, I think the markets have priced in uh, Marcone. Oh,
1: they think she's out. Yeah. I mean, they think she's out. She, she, her her performance in the debates, things. I mean, they think she is out. So yeah, it would so be
2: a their big reversal
1: if, if uh, Le Pen does happen to win. That would be a Big big shock for the markets, but but let, let's talk a little bit about uh, just some of the data quickly here, Josh. I know uh, China has some data coming out. China's been uh, interesting story lately, especially everything going on. You, you see what's going on in the commodities market, which right. is responding to you know signs of, of you know troubling signs of growth out of China. So let's talk about that for a second.
0: Yeah, I mean China inflation comes out Tuesday, and like you said, like. So much of U.S. inflation in recent years has been driven by things that are going on in China. You know, you look at periods when inflation has been pretty strong. So I'm thinking of 2007, 2008, when gas prices first got up to $4 a gallon. And then again in in 2011, you know, when you kind of saw inflation spike up again then. You know, both times you were seeing really strong uh, inflation, kind of strong demand out of China. And then similarly when things have been really weak. Like you think about the late 1990s uh, when prices were, were, were low. And, and you know, Walmart couldn't, could, was was cutting prices nonstop, and like everything in the U.S. economy was getting cheaper. You know, that was very China-driven too. So it's really been for two decades that uh, you know U.S. inflation has been very closely linked with what's going yeah. on in China. And so you know, whether or not China uh, is strengthening or China is weakening, that's the kind of thing that can have huge, huge implications here in the U.S.
1: Right. And then let's uh, let's take a quick break. And then we'll come back with more on the other side of this, more your look at the week ahead. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Want to retire rich? Check out the Watching Your Wealth Podcast for everything you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Money Beat, and this is your look at the week ahead. And, uh, you know, earnings season, Stephen Grosser.
2: It's lived up to expectations. It, no, it's exceeded, I think, expectations. Yes, I think yes. they 83% of companies the in this- Profit growth has been uh, quite good. of companies have reported earnings in the S&P 500. We – 75% have beat – I know you will mock that for the game that uh, is played with earnings. But earnings growth um, is 13.1%. That's a pretty strong number. That's a pretty strong number. Now, granted – the first quarter of last year was, was very weak right. thanks, thanks to um, you know, oil prices yeah, and energy. Right, right. But, I mean, still 13.1 is a, you know, is a very strong rebound. And what's interesting about that is it's expected to be 9.2, I think, coming into the quarter. 90, right, right. Growth rate of 9.2 so percent. And that is typical there's but it's, it's it's actually better than typical. Typically you see a uh, increase of about 2.9% as companies report from the end of the quarter through yeah. the end of the reporting season. So this this is actually, you know, this is a solid earnings season. Yeah. Now the a
1: lot of the fireworks have gone off. So this week coming up 13.5
2: sorry.
1: 13.5 so yeah uh, you don't have as many big names reporting but you still have a heavy earnings calendar there are a lot of names on the earnings
2: calendar and i also think one of the you know the most the interesting most interesting sector Reporting this week or going to be in focus this week, I should say, is is the retail sector, especially given the amount of layoffs sure. you've seen in that sector, right, right. the troubles that right. sector has had. Um, you know, I mean, there is uh, just a massive shift from department stores to online mm-hmm. that has happened, and mm-hmm. it's been happening for years, but it feels right. like it really we're at a you know a real point. Uh, right now, inflection right. point in it. Um, and so you have Kohl's, you have JCPenney, you have Nordstrom's, you have Macy's, Macy's all right, reporting. Right. It's going to be very interesting to hear what they say. Yeah.
1: Well, and and the other one that will uh, hit close to home for us is you have all these media companies yeah. reporting. You know, a lot of media companies, AMC Entertainment the Walking Dead, that matters,
2: <laughs> you know, of course. I think, I think Paul wants to put a plug in for his upcoming No, no, upcoming I don't. No, book. I
1: don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. I just want to say that The Walking Dead's a big show. I, I, wa- I want to give you a plug, Paul. No, no, no. We'll, 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 I just wanted to. You know, um, uh, D- Disney is on the calendar. A little company you might have heard of, uh, Stephen Grosser, called News Corp. Yeah.
2: Very close to News Corp. <laughs> Very
1: close to News Corp. And uh, sister company, 21st Century Fox, Discovery Communications, Time, uh, so a lot of media companies, and, and
2: I, that will be interesting as well. I think. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, especially given the election, because you right. know the Times, uh, New York Times, came right. out this year with their results. They had, incre- you know, really strong. Subscriber growth is their
1: best quarter of subscriber growth. Yeah, ever. on
2: digital and it was all digital. It was almost yeah. all, I think, digitally driven. What's interesting is it, that has been largely across the board. Yeah, um, and so it'll be interesting to see yeah. just those and numbers. And I think on
1: the on the TV side of it, you know, what is the advertising market look like? There have been you know, both both uh, television, of course, broadcast, but also. You know, to the extent that we'll we'll get an insight into interactive well, advertising, online advertising, like the advertising industry is going through a lot of change right now. I mean, well, they
2: really are. You saw Disney. I mean, you saw ESPN. Um, right, right. You know, lay off a hundred yeah. some. You know, sort of TV personalities, other you know lesser names because yeah. they have to cut because cord cutting is hitting them. Yes. Um, so the, I mean, they're fit. You know, like it's not. <laughs> It's not just the retailers no, that are facing, uh, you know, cons right. of a very big switch in their business and, model.
1: And even the ones who have the advertising- and I know we have to go, but even ones who have a, uh, an ad based model are, you know, they're in competition with these companies like Netflix, Hulu. You know, the the non advertising based models that are spending a ton of money on programming. So you have this arms race in programming going on. At the same time, you have these issues in advertising going on. So I mean. there will be a lot of interesting stories coming out of the media sector this week. Yes. Yeah. So, all right, let's leave it there. Everyone, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Follow the Wall Street Journal on your favorite podcast app. Search WSJ on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and any Amazon Alexa device. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously.